How's everyone doing this evening? How's everyone doing this evening? Come on, you're good. Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Where else would you rather be? Come on, let's give Jesus a big shout of praise this evening. Hallelujah. Aha, I see. We'll try and get some more out of you later on. (laughs) Our God is an incredible God. Amen. Our God is such an incredible God. And uh, what a tremendous presence of the Lord in this place today. And uh, I'm just... I'm just so touched to be in the house of the Lord. I think there's no other place I'd rather be than in the presence of the Lord with uh, with people like you tonight. And uh, this, is a, this is a great night for me tonight. Um, I'm heading off overseas shortly and uh, I'm going to do some pretty incredible things. And uh, I'm going to just share a little bit about tonight. And, uh, and uh, I sort of changed what I was going to preach on tonight, sort of at the last minute. And uh, I just want to share with you something, uh, a, a scripture that is really close to my heart. And, uh, and I pray that it will encourage you and inspire you and, and lift you up to a new level as well. And uh, this week, uh, I get to, probably next week actually, I get to um, go back to Pakistan, which is an incredible thing. And uh, God's been so good. God's been so gracious. And uh, yeah, hey, look, I'm just a boy from Hawke's Bay and didn't do good at school. But yet, God has been able to use me in such incredible ways that blow my mind. And uh, it's not because of anything special or anything like that. It's purely by the grace of God. And uh, I want to encourage you tonight. I want to lift your spirits. And uh, next week, I get the opportunity. I've been invited to uh, by the Grand Imam himself. You know the Grand Imam? The Grand Imam, is the, hey, uh, he's the main Muslim leader of all Pakistan. You think about Pakistan. Pakistan is, is in, the, in the news all the time for all sorts of uh, uh, reasons, most of them bad. <laughs> such and such a terrorist uh, uh, hailing from the great state of Pakistan. And, uh, but Pakistan is an, an incredible, uh, incredible nation. You know, all around the world today, people's lives are being upturned and upheaved in so many different ways. You look at how many people today live in a, a world of fear. You look at how many people today look, live in a world of anxiety, wondering about the price of fuel, whether it's going to go up to another $2 or so I won't have to afford the petrol for my V8 or my boat or stuff like that. But I tell you what, God is doing some amazing things. And um, you know, the, the, uh, the grand imam of Pakistan, is, uh, he personally invited me to come to his home for dinner, come to his home for lunch. Now you think about this. Pakistan is one of the most influential nations in the world today for, unfortunately, for bad reasons. Uh, but the imam, he is the, he is the most powerful man in that nation. He is the chief Muslim leader of that whole nation. He's got the third largest mosque in the world. And uh, he even tells the prime minister what to do. And he's a very, very powerful man. And uh, we've got the opportunity in the next couple of weeks of uh, introducing him to, to Dr. Yongi Cho, who's got, the most, who's got the largest church in the world, getting close to a million people. Now, you think about that. If you think about that for a little bit, it starts to blow your mind. It's, it's, an, it's such an incredible thing that uh, all over the world today, Muslims are actually being, uh, uh, in many ways, actually being persecuted by, uh, by hatred, of the, by, by Western world hatred. I'm sure there's some things to answer for. But actually, I'm telling you today that God is doing something powerful in the world. All over the world today, many, many Muslims are coming to know Jesus Christ. And uh, we have an opportunity at the end of the week, that, uh, in, about a, in, a, in a few weeks' time, to, uh, to introduce one of the most powerful Muslim leaders in the world to the most, uh, one of the most influential Christian leaders of the world today. That, as I tell you, uh, uh, when you get that into your spirit, you've got to think, man, that is an incredible thing. 
It is an incredible thing. And I'm just so gracious, to, uh, great, uh, so, uh, I'm wrapped about God that he's been able to use us as a church to be able to facilitate that. And uh, today, if you're, a, if, you're a, if you're a financial member of this church, if you're a, uh, you're a praying member of this church, if you're committed to this house, then what we're doing over in Pakistan, uh, you're a part of that too. And uh, so you'd need to rejoice inside of your heart that we as a church are doing an incredible thing in the world today. And uh, whether you give $2, whether you give 50 cents, whether you give $100, whether you just pray with all your heart, I tell you, you'll be a partner in this fantastic work. But I'm going to tell you today, God is doing some amazing works. And um, I just want to read a, a scripture with you this evening. And uh, I find it very, very encouraging to me. And uh, I hope it will be encouraging to you too. This, uh, this scripture... It's uh, written by the Apostle Paul. Now, the Apostle Paul is one of the uh, uh, men in the Bible who, basically, aside from Jesus Christ himself, he would, have, uh, he would have been one of the most powerful influences in the New Testament church. He basically uh, shaped uh, the Christian world uh, as, we, as we experienced today. He was one of, it was the, he's the four, one of the forefathers of, of that Christian faith today. Paul's an incredible man of faith that, would, uh, uh, that could turn cities upside down and moved in signs and wonders and miracles and, and was vital in the forming parts of this church. Where he writes this piece of scripture, he's, he's actually locked up in prison because of his faith. Locked up in prison because of his faith. Most of us today don't experience that because we live in such a, a free country. But he was a man that got locked up for his faith today and persecuted and, and beaten up for his faith. And he's thinking of you and I as the church in the future. And he decides to write us this letter while he's in change. Incredible piece of scripture. And it starts off in, uh, in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14. And it says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus, of our Lord Jesus Christ for whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, he would grant you here today, Bay City, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with all his might through his spirit in the inner man. Verse 17, that Christ, that Jesus Christ may dwell in your hearts. He won't just come and visit your heart, but he would live inside of your heart, that Jesus Christ himself would live in your hearts through faith, and that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with everyone else in the church, with every, all the other saints, what is the, the width and the length and depth and height. And to know the love of Christ. Everybody say, know the love of Christ. A lot of people know of the love of Christ. No, a lot of people know about the love of Christ. But to know the love of Christ in the bottom of your heart, that is the greatest thing that one could ever have in their life. If you don't have the love of Jesus Christ inside of your heart. Here's a man, Paul, who's basically reshaped the uh, reshaped world. He has turned the world upside down. And basically he's saying this, that the, that the love of Jesus Christ is the most powerful thing that you can have inside of your life. He goes on to say, Know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Now, Paul knew a lot of things about a lot of stuff. But here he's saying the love of Jesus Christ, to know the love, not just to know about, but to know how much he deeply cares for you and I, to know how much he, he is full of mercy, to know how much that he is, he is full of a overflowing love, to know the love of Christ, to experience the love of Christ for yourself. That far exceeds anything that you can know far exceeds anything that you could ever know. And he goes on to say that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Everybody say the fullness of God. Say that one again. Filled with the fullness of God. Turn to your neighbor, look at them in the eye. Turn to the neighbor on the either the left or the right. You need to be filled with the fullness of God. Our church needs to be filled with the fullness of God. Amen. Not just, a, 
just flashy lights or anything like that, but we need to be filled with the fullness of God. Flashy lights and nice sound doesn't necessarily change the world, but the fullness of God. We need the fullness of God in our lives. I don't know about you, but I want the fullness of God inside of my life. The way that I can get the fullness of God is to know the love of Christ, (laughs) to experience the love of Christ, to carry the love of Christ. We've just been so privileged to have... um, uh, Shane Willard with, with us here, and uh, if you weren't here over the last couple of Sundays, if you weren't here over the seminar, I encourage you to get a CD, get the download of, of, of his messages, because the guts of the messages was all about the love of Christ, that you and I would also be people that would carry the love of Christ. To know the love of Christ, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. In verse 20, it goes on, it carries on to say, now to him who is able. <clears throat> Now to him that is able. I love that thing. To him that is able. Friend, it doesn't matter what your circumstances may be going through right now. I mean, for many of us over the last year, sometimes even two years, many people's lives have been shaken up in a way that they've never been shaken before. Many people today are struggling with sicknesses. Many people today have had the whole world upside down. You've had the financial crisis. You've had uh, businesses in trouble. You've had, which puts pressure on families, puts pressures on, on children. So as a result, basically, you have a whole lot of pressures and a, and a whole lot of um, issues that, have been, that are now facing society that has never faced society uh, before. There are new diseases. There are new sicknesses that are coming out left, right, and center. We've got people, we've got a whole baby boomer generation uh, that basically that will establish society as we know it today, uh, coming into a place where they're experiencing sicknesses. Uh, people are lonely like they've never been lonely before. People are facing challenges that they've never faced before in their entire life. But I want to tell you this morning, this evening, it doesn't matter what you have currently been through. It doesn't matter what you're experiencing in your life now. It doesn't matter what challenges that you are facing. The Bible here says that God is able. God is able. God is able. Turn to the neighbor next to you. Say, God is able. Come on, turn to the person on the other side. Look him in the eye. God is able. God is able. Many people today are living in, a, in fear that the one day that the, uh, that the Muslims will, go, uh, uh, that, that will take over the earth through terrorism. But I want to tell you today that God is able. God is able. He brought the Berlin Wall down overnight. He can bring the Iron Curtain down. He can can turn a nation in one day. If he can turn a nation in one day, he can revolutionize your finances just like that. I'm telling you, friends, God is able. You may have not have studied much in your life. You may have uh, been put down all your life, but you've still got dreams and aspirations and these questions going on inside of your heart. Can I ever accomplish that? Could I do with this with my life? I want to tell you today, friend, God is able. God is able. Come on, turn to the person next to you again. Tell him God is able. God is able. You know, I didn't take that good at school and didn't go to university, but I've sort of decided I want to uh, increase my education. So I went down to Massey the other day and, and I, I inquired about a, uh, I don't want to do a degree. I mean, I don't want to do it. I just had in my heart, I don't want to get tied up three years in a degree. I just want to bypass a degree and do a master's. Very good. So I got down there with the dean of the uh, Massey University and he, he, uh, of the business class and we, I sat in his office and I was trying to be <laughs> trying to be as professional as I could. <laughs> and he asked, the, first of all, he asked one of, the, one of the first questions he asked was, have you uh, studied at tertiary level before? 
I uh, just thought for two seconds, and I thought, man, what am I going to say? I have to tell him the truth. No, sir, I have not. <laughs> but by the end of that, he was saying, I'll tell you, Dave, this is the course for you. You need to get on this course, and we'll, we'll make a way. You're the type of person that this course would be absolutely fantastic for, and I know that you could do it. How about that? So if I wanted to, if I wanted to pursue that path, I now have the opportunity to be able to get access into a master's, uh, master's degree course that I haven't even got a degree for. I'm telling you today that, that God is able. God is able to make a way. If God can make a way for me, I can tell you today that God can make a way through your circumstances. Come on, give the Lord a shout of praise this evening. Our God is able. And it doesn't stop there. Our God is able to do exceedingly. I tell you what, this is Paul is in a place right now where he is he is locked up in chains. He has got chains. He's, he knows the future that's ahead of him. He knows that that uh, that he's going to have to. This is going to cost him his life. But he starts to think about the church. He starts to think about you, and he starts to get these words and starts to get expressions. His spirit starts to rise up, even though he's still in chains. So you're you may be in chains in your body, but your spirit could be as free as a bird. Here's Paul in, in chains of iron, but his spirit is as strong as it ever was. And he's trying to find words. He's trying to, find, uh, uh, trying to grab the words to, to, to give expression to what he's feeling when he's thinking about you. And he goes on to say, for God is able, even though I'm unchanged, God is able to do, to do exceedingly abundantly. Exceedingly abundantly. Exceedingly abundantly. Turn to the person next to you. To look him in the eye and say, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Exceedingly abundantly. That's not just a little bit. Exceedingly abundantly ain't just a little bit. It's not just a big bit. It's exceedingly abundantly. It's far beyond, the Bible says, what you can even think or imagine. Says to, he basically brings two concepts out. First one, exceedingly abundantly. When you think about abundance, you're thinking about possessions. You're, you're thinking about the boundaries of your dwelling. Exceedingly abundantly, above all. Exceedingly abundantly, above all. Two concepts. One first concept, exceedingly abundantly, means to grow outwards. Obviously, the second one is to go up. Now, what do these two mean? It basically says it's exceedingly abundantly. In 1 Chronicles chapter, uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10, there's a man by the name of Jabez. And he says this prayer, and a simple little prayer was recorded in the Word of God that may be uh, remembered for all time. And he says this word, the Bible says that Jabez was more honorable than all of his brothers. And he prayed this prayer, and he said, Oh my God, that you would bless me, and that you would enlarge my territory. Bless me, Lord, and enlarge my territory. Lord, keep my hand from evil. Prayer of Jabez. Abraham also, uh, God said, or Abraham too, I will bless you, and you will be a blessing. Turn to your other neighbor, look him in the eye and say, God wants to bless you exceedingly abundantly. God wants to bless you exceedingly abundantly. Come on. Turn to the other person. God wants to bless you exceedingly abundantly. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. I want to get the exceeding abundant blessing of God upon my life. Exceeding abundant blessing upon my life. And I just, we don't want it just for ourselves. You, you, you th- remember what Shane talked about the other week about the, about the rich man that was incredibly blessed by God and he, he decided in his heart that he's going to buy bigger barns and bigger this and bigger that so he could store up for himself. The Bible says he was, 
uh, Jesus said that that night his life was going to be demanded from him. See, for you and I to execute change around the world today, one of the things that we're going to need is for God to bless us. You're going to need God to bless your life. We need God to exceedingly abundantly bless your life. We need God to exceedingly abundantly bless this church. How many people cry out today, God, bless me. Enlarge my territory. Bless my finances, Lord. Bless the works of my hand. How many people pray that? Come on, why don't you just raise your hand right now. We're going to pray that and speak that over our lives today. Father, today in the Jesus' name, Lord, we hold that same prayer of Jabez up to you today. God, that you would bless us. God, that you would bless us as a church. That you would enlarge our boundaries today. Lord, that you would release pay rises. Lord, not just pay rises, but Father, release businesses, release finance, release gold to your house tonight in Jesus' name. Exceedingly abundantly. Not just a 10% pay rise. We want a 100% pay rise. Hallelujah. (laughs) Come on, Sergeant. (laughs) You preacher, man. <laughs> For God is able, Sergeant. For God is able exceedingly abundantly above all. First of all, God wants you to be blessed. God doesn't want you to live in poverty. God wants you to be blessed so that you could be a blessing. Just as people give unto me, man, I tell you, it is better to give than to receive. The other part, he says, he goes, above all, above all, not God doesn't want to just extend your boundary out that way and bless you. But we need God's supernatural power in the church. We need a, a, a realm of glory. Pastor Mike was we were praying before that, that God releases glory into this house tonight. Above all that you could ask or imagine. Above all. Above all. Jer- um, uh, Jeremiah 33 and, and verse 3. God says to Jeremiah, Call unto me and I will show you things that, that, doesn't, that you don't know. I will show you the, the houses of the city. I will show you the houses of kings. In Revelation chapter 4, God said to John, uh, Jesus said to John, Come up here into this other realm of living and I will show you what's going to happen next. See, God doesn't want to bless you, but God also wants to release his glory upon the church in a, in a new way. God wants to release his supernatural power on your life in a new way that you've never, ever known before. And it goes on to say, uh, exceedingly abundantly, above all, that we can ask or imagine. Ask or imagine. What do you ask God for? What do you imagine about? What goes on inside of your imagination? Hello? It's my little girl. (laughs) What are you believing God for today? What are you believing God that's uh, exceedingly abundantly more? What are you believing God for? What goes on inside of your imagination when you think of God? What goes on inside of your imagination when you pray? When you spend time with the Lord, what sort of things do you meditate on? What sort of things do you meditate on? I remember when I was a young guy, and um, some of the stuff that used to go on in my imagination, some of the stuff that I used to dream about, and uh, I used to dream about having a a nice boat. (laughs) Wow, one day, (laughs) have a nice boat. Now I've got one parked up in the garage. (laughs) Wow, there you go. 
I remember when I was even, I mean, I, man, I was riding to my, into my rotary cars, and uh, man, I used to dream about, every minute of the day nearly, I used to, how do I dream about getting this car and getting it faster, and I used to think about this, and God, God released this car to me, and, and uh, uh, yeah. Now I see where my life is now, <laughs> and all those things that used to be have just faded away. But what sort of things do you imagine? Those things that, uh, those seeds of God, those dreams of God that many, so many of you have carried. Many of you have got dreams inside of your heart. And I believe that right now, that God wants to come and breathe upon your dreams again. We've been through, many people have been through a, such a turbulent time in, uh, in relationships, maybe finances. One of the things that times of trouble can do is, is knock our dreams aside and, and start to quench our dreams. But the other things that troubles and situations can do, they can bring you a fresh resolve, a fresh faith inside of your heart. They can put inside of your heart a fresh determination to lay a hold of those things that God has for your life. Those dreams that you have, I remember, I know probably some of you young guys and some of you young girls, maybe you've got dreams inside of your hearts to do great and powerful things for God. Maybe you've seen a preacher come in, maybe you've seen Pastor Mike or Lynn or Ian and, and say, oh, I'd love to be able to preach like that, or I'd love to be able to go and do those things like that. What, what do you ask God for? Because my Bible says just here that he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or imagine. Above all that we can ask or imagine. One of the things I used to imagine was this as a young, as a young guy. I'd listen, I mean, we've got one of the greatest pastors in the world right here in this house. Amen. <laughs> Come on, let's give Pastor Mike a hand. Just for being a great pastor. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just really honored to have such a, a great man as a father. And uh, one of the things I would do is growing up is uh, he'd wake me up. Uh, he'd wake me up about five o'clock in the morning with praying in tongues. <laughs> as a teenager, man, I was trying to sleep in. And uh, I just hear him up praying and, and uh, yeah, it was massive. He taught me how to pray just by doing that. And uh, I used to watch the miracles, and I still watch the miracles. I used to, when I was a young guy, I used to watch him preach and think, one day I'd like to be able to preach like that. One day I'd like to be able to preach like this person. One day I'd like to be able to preach like my dad. One day I'd, be able to, I'd love to be able to raise, put my hands on the sick and, and see them recover. One day, Lord, I'd like to be able to pray for headaches and see them go. <laughs> one day, Lord, I'd like to be able to pray for sore fingers and, 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 and see them healed. <laughs> See, one of the things I would do, these, these are the things I used to pray about. Lord, use me powerfully. Use me in a great and powerful way. I used to let my imagination run a little bit. See myself preaching in front of this church. <laughs> that was the scope of my vision. That was the scope of my imagination, that God would use me to be able to preach in this church. One day I dreamed to be able to preach in this church. I'd be able, I dreamed to one day stand on this altar and to be able to preach and minister to people like you. The Bible says he could... He's able to do exceedingly abundantly what we can ask or think according to the power that works in us today. According to the power that works inside of us today. I want to tell you, friends, that it doesn't matter what you're going through right now. It doesn't matter what your dreams may look like. It doesn't matter what your personal circumstances may look like. I want to encourage you today that there is a, a power greater than anything else on the earth, and that is the power of Jesus Christ. That power is at work in your life today. So it doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter what challenge you may be facing. It doesn't matter maybe if your dream is, has been quenched down a little bit today. I want to tell you today, I want to encourage you that whatever your 
situation in life is today, that there is a, a power working inside of your life today. And that power is to give you a hope. That power is to give you a future. The Bible says, he carries on to say, now let him be in the glory in the church. In verse chapter 4, it says, Therefore, as a prisoner of the Lord, I challenge you, church, I challenge you people to walk worthy of the calling that you were called. See, there is a call of God upon your life. There is a call of God upon my life. Call of God. Wow. That God would choose somebody like me. That God would choose somebody like you to fulfill His purposes. Called of God. Everyone here today, you're called by God. Called of God. We could do a whole session on that. but He challenges us to walk our lives, to live our life worthy of that call. You know that call, it's got to do with the same verse just before that. But He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all. It's the call of God for your life. I wonder what God has called you to do. I wonder who God has called you to reach. I wonder what God has called, what impact God has called you to leave on this world today. One of the, he says, let us walk worthy of the call. He goes on to say that with all loneliness and gentleness and long suffering, bearing with each other in love, working really hard to, to keep unity of the spirit of the bond of peace doesn't sound too spiritual, but this is Paul's writing. Work hard to keep unity amongst yourself. Don't get into fighting. Don't get into arguing. Don't get into contention between each other. I've called you to great and powerful things. Great leaders don't get caught up with silly little issues. Hold yourself, young people, as, a, as the man of God that God has called you to be. Endeavoring to keep the unity. For in you there is one body, one spirit. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all. Who is above all and through all and in your all. So you're, I believe this, that the plans and the purposes that God has for your life, the dream, the call that God has for your life, it's always to do with people. It's always to do with people. I would encourage you today that what God has got me doing now, it is far beyond what I've ever been able to imagine. It's far beyond what I've ever been able to think of. But to get there, one of the things I had to do, just a simple, couple of simple keys. What I started to do, I just started to pretend and started to believe by faith and started to walk in those things before they materialize. A lot of people will spend their life dreaming and waiting for something to happen. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for but yet unseen. So in your prayer time, in the way that you live your life, do you walk? Do you carry on your affairs with one another in a way that is fitting with the calling of God upon your life? Or do you get caught up with arguing and fighting and trying to find out who's wrong? Do you get caught up with holding offenses? Do you get caught up with holding on to this or holding on to that? Forgetting that there's a, a massive call, there's a massive thing that, that God has got prepared for, your, for you to walk in. One of the things that I used to do that would that help me start to get this thing around my life was, I'll just come down and I'll just pretend. 
I wanted to be a preacher one day. I wanted to preach in this church. I wanted to preach like my dad. One of the things I would do, I didn't just dream about it. I just started to practice it. One of the things I would do is I'd come down here by myself and turn the sound system on and start to practice and start to see it and start to imagine it. Start to imagine myself preaching and ministering to people. Starting to imagine prophetic words coming over people. Starting to imagine words of uh, knowledge. And starting to imagine miracles. Started to pray and thank the Lord for them. He pulled people out and prophesied. No one was here. But I imagined in my heart. I imagined. I started to believe for it and started to pray for it. One of the things that Shane would talk about, wherever your imagination is, your reality will gravitate to. If your imagination is down here, your reality will gravitate down there. If in your imagination you dwell on offense and, and things bad, your reality will gravitate down there. But when you start to let your mind and let your imagination get a hold of the things of God and His promises, they will far exceed what you could ever imagine. You start to live them out and start to walk them out. You'll be surprised at what God has got for you. Over in this last year, I've been able to preach to 30,000 people. Saw close to 7,000 people receive Christ in, in one time. Far beyond what I've ever dreamed of. <laughs> Far beyond what I've ever imagined. This last year, I saw somebody raised from the dead. Far beyond what I ever imagined. I wonder what God could do through your life. I wonder what God could do through us as a church. Now I've got the opportunity to stand in front of one of the world leaders, have Kai at his house, <laughs> have roast chicken, butter chicken with the grand imam, one of the most powerful men in the world today. Let's me pray for him. <laughs> Who knows what God's going to do through that? Exceedingly abundantly above all. Because God is able. Why don't you just let your imagination just, just let it off the leash just for a few minutes. Just let it go. God is able. For God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think or even imagine.